Dum 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 dum. This is here to talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Gen Z Talks. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, hi, welcome. I'm Pitlaus. Okay. And today we have a special guest. She is my friend. She is my dearest friend, and she lives in Barcelona as well. So this is so exciting. Um, today I'm with Maria. She's a um, climate change activist, and I'm going to stop talking and let her introduce herself. So hello, Maria. <laughs> yes, I'm a climate change activist. I've been involved since I was 16, and I'm currently 19. So that's quite a time. <laughs> I was heavily involved in Fight for Future before, and I was a spokesperson for the international team. And now I am—I have a podcast too, and I'm trying to be a more intersectional activist and trying to gather more information about the world. So that's currently where I am. And yeah, that's it. There's not much more to say. Um, your podcast. What's its name? Like people need to know. Oh, We have to listen to audience. <laughs> Uh, my podcast is named Zinia, the podcast. There's a Spanish version also named Zinia, el podcast. And it's basically a podcast about intersectionality where we try to like make a guest come every day and they tell us about how they live life and their struggles. So Zinia is a podcast where we try to make a, a guest come every time, a different one. And they tell us about their struggle and their privileges and their not privileges and how they struggle with it and how can we help to various allies in their fight and that we should be our fight. And I think it's very important to be able to see other people's perspective. Definitely when you're a white person like me, a white privileged middle class person, and it's so interesting and so necessary to see through others' glasses and eyes. So there's that. That's my podcast if you want to come. <laughs> Yes, that is so so cool. I would definitely go and check it out. Um, I already listened to it, so guys, you should too. <laughs> so yeah, but that is so cool. I would love to talk with you about intersectionality. I don't know how to speak. Really, um, but today word. we're talking about we today we're talking about a different topic, um, a not so cool one to be honest, because I wish. We weren't um, talking about it, but basically it's why we are dying and what we can do about it. In other words, climate change and the climate crisis and why people are like so not doing anything. <laughs> so hello, Maria. Um, yeah, I have a question and it's literally like I'm so mad about it. And I want to ask you, as I told you before, I'm not a climate change activist, so I have no idea about like this type of activism so i don't want to be disrespectful but i do think that as individuals we can change anything and we can do anything about climate change because it's just like for me just like why i would like yes i recycle but why am i supposed to recycle when 70% of um co2 is like is made by like big companies and people who don't give uh As word um, about what's going on. So my question is, can we as individuals solve the climate crisis? Please change my mind because, yeah. <laughs> I forget how much I loved you. Um, <laughs> You're gosh, so cool. Um, okay, so I cannot actually change your mind. I'm so sorry, but you kind of have a good point. <laughs> And I'm not able to change that good point because it is true. Um, It is true that uh, 70% of CO2 is actually made by 100 companies alone. 
So that's that's it. Like that's it. That's a fact. Then you will come ask me why should I recycle? Um, well, I've been like I've done like monologues of like two hours explaining the climate crisis to like people like old grown ups, and like after telling them that they're gonna basically die, they look at you straight in the face and tell you, but I recycle. And the <laughs> urge to kill them, <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> I'm like, okay, first of all, um, let's get one point straight. Um, recycling does not do anything to CO2. Like, it's not related. It's just literally, it's putting your crap together and categorizing your crap. So, sorry to cut you off, but um, is it true that it's, it's also like recycling a capitalist marketing strategy? to i don't know why like i have no idea what they do with our like shit you know our like crap what they do with it but like i think it's a marketing strategy and why the hell do we recycle and i let you continue (laughs) it's okay it's actually really interesting when you look into it um what happened is they knew about climate science about 40 to 70 years ago they knew they knew the shit they They've been knowing for a very long time. So the argument that like, yeah, we didn't know, bullshit, they did. The thing is, um, instead of cutting off emissions and building a world that wasn't dependent on fossil fuels, which is what they did, they knew this was going to happen. And instead of changing the way they were building the world that now we live in, they actually went and run with it. So their strategy was, yes, there is climate change, but you can solve it if you recycle. So like recycling, changing your bulbs, changing, going to work in a bicycle, all of that is actually a strategy, a camping strategy for you to not worry further. Because if you're worrying about recycling and you're worrying about, oh yeah, electric cars, and you're worrying about bicycles, you don't know worry about capitalism. And that's good for them because they're not, you're not questioning. It's a really good strategy, actually. Like, props to them. Like, good job. It worked for 40 years. Yes. It doesn't anymore because but it died. I have, I have two more questions about that. First of all, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that this lifestyle is really classist as well. Like, um, minorities and um, people with... Um, little to no resources, economic resources, and can't have this lifestyle. Like, we can't just get up one day and say, I'm going to buy an electric car. I'm going to buy a, like, a, yeah, like, let's go. You know, like, we can't do that because we can't afford that. And my second question is, is there something as being too ecologic? Or, I don't know the word, the other word, I ha- I think it's in Spanish, Um, like, well buy you something i don't like can you be too good like too good at recycling and having like these um friendly i don't know like lifestyle i have no idea how to put it in words i hope you understand me i think i got you i got i think i got you um first question is the like me like the midpoint of this speech of this narrative is to blame the citizens never the corporations, never the system. They're always blaming you. Why do you not recycle? Why do you not do this? The fault is always on the population. 
that's their point. And of course, if you cannot do, if you cannot maybe buy a new car, if you cannot, all these things are blame on you, never on them. And that is a really good strategy once again. What happens? Of course, most of the... There's like, what I see is there's two types of ecological lifestyles or what I would see as sustainable lifestyles. One of them is the expensive, bougie um, Instagrammer one, um, which is, you know, buy everything eco, like everything. Like that is obviously expensive and that is obviously a privilege. And then there is sustainable, like the real one, the one that our grandparents did, the one that actually is like, not buying like instead of yes. buying eco things or like buying more eco clothing not buying or buying secondhand and that is for me way more of an ecological sustainable lifestyle than the other one because the other one yeah. is once again based on consumism there is yeah. a big narrative that we call greenwashing that it's based on hi we made this more green for you you need this so you need to buy this to be more green and some fucking way people actually believe that which is amazing to me and i don't understand but to some reason we we are so crazy about consumism and buying that we actually believe that buying more solves the the problem of buying yeah it makes no sense. Yes, I know. <laughs> is there what, such a thing well, of being too much ecological? I don't know, girl. I, I... Yeah, you. I know. Like, I know you won't resolve my existential questions about um, climate change. I know that, but I had to let them out because, like, it's frustrating Do to it. just think about it and see that no one is doing anything. Like, no one with power, you know? Like, yes, you can, as you said, you can go on bicycles and you can recycle and you can, like, stop using um, plastic straws and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if those 70%, well, those 100 um, companies don't do anything about the 70% of CO2 that they are generating, what is really doing anything? Like, like nothing. We, we, we can just die. I think I think you're forgetting the fact that this is a very big industry that brings a lot of money each year. So it's not just something that they can just say, oh, now we're going to change it. I mean, let's talk about the fashion industry itself and how much water they actually waste. It's insane. I had um, I actually had to go to a uh, United Nations conference three years ago, I think. And we were talking about the water crisis and everything. And I learned so much there. And I was in shock when I knew how much water was actually wasted by making one cotton shirt. It's crazy. And the whole the whole fashion industry, where we actually buy from, you know, Zara, H&M, Sufizarius, uh, Bereshka, all those places, whole Inditex, they're a big cause for what's happening in the world right now. But they can't just say, oh, now we're going to make a change because they're going to lose a lot of money. And it's always about money for them. I know, but you won't be losing that much money that is going to affect them. Like, you literally have billions of dollars in your account, billions. How is change in like being more like eco-friendly going to like affect you like it's not going to affect you because being eco-friendly also costs money they're trying to find the cheapest ways possible to generate to make clothes to manufacture them sell them and it's affecting the world it's affecting us it's affecting workers 
um, it's always about money and they're always going to find the cheapest ways to create things, you know what I mean? Maria, <laughs> go ahead. This is like class one. I like, I literally like, okay, my point here is if you take sustainability as a way to like an equilibrium with the earth and like what we consume and what resources we use, something as in the text, something as big as fast fashion will never be sustainable. As much as they try, as much as they invest on it, it just by definition cannot be sustainable because there's not enough resources to be doing this. And it doesn't matter how much they change it, the fundamentals of it are not sustainable. You cannot be such a big corporation and waste that much resources constantly and be sustainable. By definition, it is impossible. So it is not that they need to change. They simply need to disappear. Like we, we want them gone. <laughs> Like, we don't want them to adapt. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, like, take out more green um, stuff. Oh, yeah, now we recycle. That's good. Like, that's a good step. But you, by definition, will never be sustainable. And you will never be ethnic because... What? They actually market, you know, like, Bershka or H&M. They'll be like, this jeans is 100% sustainable and all that crap for you to buy it. And it's such a good marketing technique because people really think it's sustainable they send it to a lot of influencers and they're like hey can you please promote this let people know that it's eco-friendly it's sustainable it's made from this water this and this and that but it's still being mass manufactured yeah and it works i've seen activists and like green influencers doing this propaganda and i'm like what is wrong with you like why did you just like no it, it, no it will never be either ethical it will never be sustainable adidas for example was trying to be sustainable so badly and they actually like consulted activists on it and yeah there's ways you can improve but to me you will never be sustainable something as huge as adidas will never be sustainable by definition it, it the the cost of anything that they do at such big scale, it, it just will never be sustainable. And they need to understand that. They can either... Uh, what? Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. They could like maybe dissolve and like start um, building more locally and like be local. That would be more sustainable. But to be a multinational fabric, that cannot by definition be sustainable. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but also, and I'll change the topic in a bit, but just to add that it makes me so, so angry and like, it's so upsetting to see that these um, eco-influencers have like, have the money, like have the resources and the money to be able to have that lifestyle, you know, and they try to um, like share, kind of share it, well, influence people. Um, as their roles um, say, they try to influence people to like change their own lifestyles without taking into account that factor, the money factor. You know that, as much as we say like money, we won't bring you happiness. Money will it, like won't help you to do this or that or whatever. You can't simply be eco friendly without money because eco friendly um things in general cost a lot of money. I don't know if you agree, Maria, or if I said something wrong. 
No, it depends on how you sit and what you're doing and what are you influencing other people to do. I, for example, I do not consider myself an influencer and I would never want to be an influencer. That word sucks. And that means I'm selling people things. I'm an activist. Um, that said, um, it depends on what lifestyle you're selling. For example, I believe I am way more sustainable than most people around me and it costs me way less. Why? Because I simply do not buy. Like... I, re- I reuse what I own. I try to buy less. I try to buy... Like, I'm a vegetarian. It costs me, like, it costs me 80 cents to, like, eat a dinner, a lunch, because it's literally a pot of... I don't know how it's called in English. Yeah. You know, like, if you do it so that, like, oh, all my makeup is, eco- like, eco, all my... Clothes are eco. Like, no, you don't need to do that. You just need to, like, start spending less. Start, like, looking at your consumism as something that you care about, but, like, not something that you want to show off. Like, I don't know if I'm explaining myself. Like, I believe I actually spend way less money in restaurants and, like, in places than my friends. Why? Because I simply, like, I eat vegetarian. And usually it's... Usually... It is more cheap than like red meat, which yes. is what they buy. Um, I do not buy clothes, or if I do, they're from a secondhand shop, which is way cheaper. So if you focus on that lifestyle of eco-friendly, which I believe is actually eco-friendly, that is less expensive. Mm-hmm. But it depends on what you're selling people. It, it there's obviously a marketing there is greenwashing and. There's obviously interest behind it. But I believe that most activists don't do that. It's mostly influencers. <laughs> I hate all oh, I hate influencers. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it makes sense. And I agree with you. Like, But I think it's also like this is so linked. And this is another conversation. But this is like so related to capitalism and the... Um, the lifestyle we live I don't know how to say it in English so help me Maria it's the el consumismo is that the word? yeah it's a word it exists oh, consumism <laughs> the consumism and lifestyle you can say you know so it's just like to have more and buy everything new you know so what I see a lot is that people who try to be eco-friendly and I wish someday I can be as eco-friendly as you Maria um, people that I see on TikTok or on like on social media in general, they like throw everything they have and start all over again, you know. And I think what you are advocating for Maria is to use less, like to buy less, sorry, and use more what you have, like what you own already. Is that true? Yes. Like I haven't bought clothes in about three years, and I just I haven't grown either because I'm a baby-sized woman. And I've had the same size since I was like 12, which is amazing because I don't have to buy clothes. I just like, I literally wear, like wear sweat, sweaters from when I was 12 and they fit me and I'm happy with them. And they look kind of cool. <laughs> so, cool. so my point always is you shouldn't do these changes because of climate change. My point will always be that you should either go vegetarian or vegan or like stop buying or, you know, you should always do changes in your lifestyle because you believe in them and you feel that's the right reason rather than because you think they have an impact. 
because they do not have a real impact. But I feel right now. I feel like if like but you are for example being very sustainable because you know the impact of not being sustainable what it can do to the world. And you know what they say like um I was talking to my um cousins one day because they were throwing uh trash out of the car and I was like what the hell are you doing? They're like everybody does this you know it's just it's so common to just roll the window down and throw up what you're drinking or eating when you're finished and i was like what the hell are you doing like that's not okay he's like it doesn't matter like you know everyone does it i'm like it doesn't mean that everyone does it that you also have to do it and now they know like when i put them in the car they never throw anything they just like put it beside them and when we're at home they just throw it in the bin because first of all you are the reason that the country has a lot of trash on the ground you know, like the common saying when the common uh, common saying when they say, uh, like it well, like it doesn't matter. I'm only doing it. You know, that's what seven billion people are saying. If everyone says it's only me, that's gonna be a big issue, and it just it just annoys me because like you know you just have to start with yourself. And I'm not gonna lie, like I still buy clothing, and I I'm not gonna lie, like I love fashion and everything, and. I do try my best to stay sustainable, but I'm not gonna lie, it's super expensive to buy uh, like eco-friendly clothing, like not secondhand or thrifting, but I mean like real uh, sustainable clothing because you can go into a shop and find like a t-shirt for like 200 euros and in my opinion, for me, that's quite expensive. Yeah, no, I totally agree and you brought up a really interesting point and it is that Although like minor changes in your lifestyle do not have a direct impact on the climate, they have to people around you and you might be able to influence them in that way, in the way, in a good way. And if we all do that, it might, like some change might come out of it. But at the point we are right now, I strongly believe that it is not about lifestyle, like small lifestyle changes that like we can influence people about need like real action like governmental action now so for us to just like spend the conversation and like oh yeah clothing it's like it does help like it does help to influence more people to not as much of like the action itself but to have a more sustainable thinking set like they think more sustainable because if they see that they don't need to buy those things and they understand that that's a good step that's a great step but you need to do it because you believe in it, not because you think it's going to be have a change. Because if not, you get so frustrated so quickly. So it does not. It does not have a real change. Mm-hmm. But another point to make is actually when you see... Sorry to uh, interrupt you. No, this. it's okay. Go ahead. Um, when you see, for example, when you talk to an older person about this, you're like, yeah, we have to start being sustainable, this and this and that. Their common, mostly, is like, we're going to die anyway. It's like, you guys caused us this problem and we are the ones that are going to have to solve it because we are still here to stay. Let's say the leaders still have 10, 15, 20 years to live and they're going to die. It's up to us to actually now do something and let's say save the world because you know, like I have a lot of friends who say, I don't want to have kids, I don't want to bring them up in this world. And it's quite sad that they want to have kids, but they don't want to. You know what I mean? Because the world just sucks. That's me. <laughs> that is literally me. I do. I want kids, but I can't. Like I think I can't have them because I would not like the future that's awaiting for them. And that is so sad. Yes, I I agree with both of you. 
Um, but that is like a whole another conversation again. So let's just, we'll change the topic really quickly. Um, so yeah, um, we have some news also that I would love to talk about because they are quite devastating and I don't like them. But anyway, um, Europe is burning, North Africa is burning. What the hell is going on? <laughs> um, but basically for those who don't know um, what's going on, um, during the last two weeks, Turkey has been burning so much after it, it spread to Greece and now there's some big, really big fire in Algeria and it's sp spreading to Morocco as well. Um, this is why I'm saying this. It's basically to tell you like why we are doing this episode and to show you guys that this climate crisis is not something so abstract. This is happening now and like literally right now and it's it is costing um people's life for example in algeria the latest news that we have is that 30, 65 people have died already and like they are still counting like people are still dying so this is not something that we can solve as we said before with like recycling or like using less plastic um this is a really big issue and we have to start talking about it really seriously and on the other hand, we also have something really, really bad. And that is that the Amazon rainforest is starting to produce more CO2 than it is absorbing. Um, Maria, um, Maria, what's comment going on? on it, please. <laughs> Maria, help. Maria, explain um, yourself. <laughs> okay, so bas basically, uh, one of the latest news that has come with climate is that it is now affecting every place in the world, which means that we are all affected by it, which is a kind of like a good news because it means that now people will may might believe that it is not something that you see on the news. It's actually something that will happen to you too now, like it is happening now and it has been for years. And if you don't believe so, it's because you're pri privileged enough to not be in it, but you will eventually now. And the fires and everything that has happened from heat waves that have killed people to floating that has, has killed people to fires, which has happened in like two months, that is proof that climate change is here and has been for a while. Thing is, um, one of I'm gonna get scientific for a second. Um, one of the things that climate change causes, mom, you're making sound. Okay, sorry. <coughs> it's okay. <laughs> <My dad. clears throat> one of the things that like climate change causes is that it changes rain patterns very drastically. So if like. It was a really wet zone it's now dry and it will continue to get more dry and zones that were really dry will continue to get more wet which means that it is about extremes and we've seen this and it is what is causing the heat waves it is what is causing the fires and it will continue to get worse um the ipcc says that like weather events that we would consider extreme like now will become normal and will become once like what what used to happen once in a lifetime like once every hundred years will now happen once every 10 or once every five and like the greater the temperature is the more than that these things will happen so 
for me it is just proof um i don't know what else like i don't know how much proof else do you need i don't know what else people do, do need to like believe in it um so yeah and about the other question it is not only the rainforest <laughs> it's about um the oceans and pretty much every natural system that we have that helps us capture co2 it is um kind of going through a limit they have absorbed so much co2 that it's now raising to a capacity and it will at some point soon um do its reverse instead of absorbing co2 it will release it and we are not ready for that that is actually one of the tipping points that um science talks about and it is one of the points that will make the earth warmer even if we cut emissions so there's that um i don't know how do you feel about that i feel really bad about it um yeah i want to cry like i want to stop everything go to my bed and start crying <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just like it's too bad it's really really bad and we've seen it ah, okay <laughs> okay that is great Thank you so much. Um, but what I'm wondering is that, for example, this last two years, I've been doing contemporary history in school. Um, and we've seen, this has nothing to do with climate change, okay? But I, I'll get to my point. Um, and we've been seeing a lot of, like, um, why wars start and, like, the consequences of actions. And during the whole year, I was, like, why the heck people were so blind and why the heck like it was so obvious you know and a lot of things it was just like it's right in front of you like if you do that you're going to start a war you know and it's the same now like it it happened to me like this kind of experience this kind of like thought happened to me in during when covid started you know it was just like you're seeing that people are going to start dying more and more and more every day that is going to pass, you know? Why don't you start, like, taking, um, like, drastic measures? And, like, just, like, for example, the first lockdown that we had, that is, for me, that was quite late. Like, we should have started the lockdown way, way before. Um, so, and it's the same now with the climate crisis. Why aren't we doing something not as citizens, but like as countries, as governments, why aren't they doing something when they are seeing where this is heading to? They are seeing that we are going to die. Why? Um, that's a really good question. I'm not actually sure I can answer that for you. I'll try. Um, there is multiple reasons why we haven't acted on it. And most of them are related to interests and capitalism and privilege and the fact that most privileged people that are ruling this believe that they will be safe because they have privilege which is now proven not to there's nowhere safe anymore and the other main reason i believe this has gotten so bad so fast and without no one intervening it's psychology there are studies and there's proof that we as humans cannot acknowledge and understand what climate change does. It is so big, so complicated, so huge. It affects everything we know. It changes everything we know. And it's really about like the extinction of our race 
And that is unacceptable to our brain. Our brain struggles a lot to understand that. And because it struggles to understand so, it ignores it. I am a climate activist. Like, I speak about this all the time. And I still don't think my brain has processed it to the extent it should have. Because I am able to explain this to you without crying all the time. And that to me means that not only I'm insensible to it, which is basically the consequence of it being my job, but it means that I am not capable of understanding the amount of loss and danger this does. Our brains are simply not programmed for it. It's it's not understandable to us. That is one of the second main reasons. And the third is that we have built a world that kind of works in four-year periods of time. All our, all our rulers, all our policymakers um, do their job for four time, for four years, sorry. And then they change. So no one fucking cares a shit about what happens 10 years ago, like next, because they only care about what happens in four years. And that has been going on for so long that no one cares about the future because they only care about their four like years of mandate. And that is so bad because... No one has ever done like good long-term policies because they just simply do not care. Yeah, yeah. I hope this answers your question. I, I have way more answers for <laughs> yes. this. I hope these ones are like no. good for you. It does, but at the same time, it it's just like it doesn't. It's like my mind, as you said, can't process. It. Yeah, like, it is really. I hard. need I need time. Like I need time in silence and like think about it. You know. Um, but yeah, um, thank you. Like, thank you for your time. But my mind is just like, it's, it's literally like that. But anyway, let's go to the worst part of the episode. And I'm not sure I want to start talking about this, but the IPCC report, what the hell? What the hell? No, yay, no, Maria, not yay, no. Wait, I think... I think maybe it's quite important that first Maria actually explains what the report is, what it means, so listeners are updated. <laughs> okay, so Go ahead, Maria. masterclass. Um, IPCC is a body of the UN that basically centers on assessing anything climate change related, any science on it. It's the IPCC's work. So it's basically a panel of scientists that their only job in life... No, I'm kidding. It's actually not. I think they both <laughs> right? um, Their job, like the important job, is to come up with reports every X time. Like they do different reports and every report like takes, I don't know, five to two to one years. And they come up with those periodically and they analyze and assess all climate-related science. That's their job. And all their reports and everything they do, it's the most certain science that we have on climate because their work is to come with all the papers that have already been written and like kind of like correct them and see if they're true and then they put all everything together and that's a report. Um, this latest report is actually a compilation of 14,000 14, paper, like research papers. So it is the most trustable science we have on the matter and it is um, the legal basis for all the policies that come for climate. And every, like, when, like, 
how like for what's the periodic time that we have this report like every five years ten years fifteen okay they do Paris reports um they do report every year but they're usually more specific like the latest uh, one was on oceans and like had more specifics and every seven years they come up with a report of the like global situation and that has happened okay. now like the latest one was in 2014 and now 2021 another one has come up and these are like the big ones like the the big yeah important yeah. ones I, so i do know that you have posted um well some graph well it's an infographic kind of post um on what's like what the ipcc says and let me tell you guys um, again i wanted to cry <laughs> the post is like the bad the wars and I forgot the other word, but like it was like the good, the, the good yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, Maria, without like I know this is not your job. Like we should, um, be doing our research. But can you please explain to us what like just summarize to us what is the good, the bad, and the worst? Do you want me to go through it? I can. <laughs> Oh, yes, I would love to. I, I also have it here, so... Okay. Um, yeah, it's here. And then let me... Let me find where I have it. Okay, so while you look to it, like, for it... Um, the question is, is there actually any good? Yes, there is, actually. I don't there think... There is good in it. Um, good is that uh, now we have enough science that we are certain on why it happens and what's causing it and, like, the effect that it has. Previously, it was way more um, of a guess. It was way more of uh, uncertain. It was way more on, hey, this is happening, but we don't know to what degree, and we don't know what's going to cause, and we don't know how this is going to affect other ecosystems. And now they have so much science on it that it's way more certain. And that is so good because it tells us exactly like where we are and how do we stop it. So that's really good. And... It always, the, the good in it is that it tells us that there's a chance that we can reduce global warming to 1.5, that we can stabilize it there and it will not go farther. That is news. We did not know that. We thought that if it went beyond 1.5, the tipping points would all fall down and that we will, with no other choice or like with no make human like anything, we would not be able to prevent um, farther warming. But now they say it is possible to stabilize um, temperature there if there is drastic and immediate action. So we have a slime, a really, really, really slim chance to act on this. Really, really, like it's it's a really small window, but there is a window and that's a good news. Um, and for the first time, report talks about degrowth, which never did before and it's so important because we cannot reduce emissions without reducing our whole system and our whole capitalism and consumption system so the fact that it mentions degrowth it's really really good next good thing um the worst scenarios that it paints are less likely it also means that the good ones are worst but the worst ones are less likely so that's good and it is a wake-up call just in time for COP26 in November. So that's the good, okay? Um, the good is that we now know what's happening. It is a wake-up call. Um, we know there's a small window to change it. And it is just in time 
for COP25, which is like the huge conference with all policymakers to talk about climate. This is the good. How do you feel about the good? Um, really bad. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I mean, wait. But I like, there is good. Question. That's good news. <laughs> do you, Maria, like, do you think there is a way that we can actually, like, do you believe it, that we can change it with the people that we have now? With the mindset that they don't care because if they're living, because like the most people I know that are, they're rich and privileged. They're like, you know what? I'm living fine. I don't care about anything else. Okay, and you I know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go through the rest of it, and you're gonna answer that question yourself. Yeah, just to add in this part is that um, as Sarah has been saying, I don't think like I, I am so pessimistic when it comes to climate cri- like the climate crisis. Because I'm seeing that the government is doing nothing. We are panicking. I'm I'm like I have my like I am just like oh my god, what's going on? And people with power, this is are just like um, yeah, we're going to meet again in a couple of months and like do um business with each other and then come back to like to our palaces and things like that. So it just like whoa 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 i am dying can you talk about that you know so yeah okay yeah i'm i am like hopeful that something is going to change but that hope is literally like maybe a five percent or something like that so it's just like it's too much like maria my brain can't process that it's and this, this is, is why too she's much. not a climate activist she would not be <laughs> Yes, I would. I would do nothing if I, was, if I was a climate activist. I would like just cry all day, all day long. Girl, I know so much that I'm literally immune to it. Okay, <laughs> let's go to the bad. <laughs> Ready? Okay, so basically, um, first bad thing, which is not actually a bad thing, it's just a fact. It's that the Earth has already warmed up to one point one Celsius degrees. Which is um, good in the fact that we did not know that number exact, and now we do. So that's new, good news that we know exactly how bad we are. So we know how to like how close we are to changing it. Um, they previously thought that it was it was zero point seven. So there's that. Um, it's one point now. One point one now. Next, it's currently pol- current policies, so like what we're doing right now, would raise temperatures to 4 degrees by the end of the century. And, a, and current climate pledges, which is like climate promises that our policymakers do, up to 3. Which basically means, um, okay, for starters, we as a human population are not able to mitigate or adapt to a climate 4 degrees warmer. It is impossible in many ways. And up to three is really hard to. I see this as, okay, if you are, okay, imagine the earth as a body, as a person, okay? If you have four degrees of a fever, how badly are you dying? That's 41, like, do you understand me? Like, that's 41 of a fever. That's really bad. Three degrees is already like 39, 40, which is also really bad. So what we're doing to the earth is like, if she had a fever, you know, that's that's how I understand it. Like, so let's say that now we have 37.5, 
um, of a fever? Yeah, like yes. in Celsius. Yeah, we're, we're in America we're in Celsius, and we're not dying. Yeah, so we are starting there. You know, it's just like, hey, take your ibuprofen or something because you're dying. No. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to say it. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So, guys, take your ibuprofen. <laughs> Basically, uh, we also know that CO two levels and ocean acidity are now the highest in two million years. I'm not even going to comment on that. You can have your own conclusions about that. Um, the global ocean has warmed faster over the last century than since the end of the last deglacial transitions. I'm going to cry. That's to me, is insane. Like, that fact, when I read it in the report, I was like, that's fucking insane. Like, the, like the global ocean has warmed faster over the last century than since the end of the last deglacial transition. That's insane. Um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's really too, it's too much, too much. More bad. Um, the current path would leave 3 billion people in extreme heat by 2017, which is half of the population. Wow. Extreme heat, we're talking about, um, they said like going outside would kill you. Like, not adaptation rate, like days. Like, extreme heat, we're talking 50 degrees. Wow. By 2070, please calculate how old we will be. So, yeah, how can you, can you explain to me how do we still have that small window to, like, react to this? Because I literally just, what? So like this is the current path. Like this is if we don't change anything. So this is like a this is still a might be. Okay, so this so is So what if we were we talking about before just facts. facts. Now it's a might. Like the current path would leave three billion, it's a might. If we still act like we're doing right now, it would, you know? Oh okay, so this is if but you know, we you know literally we keep saying we keep saying it might happen, but like we as the people cannot change it it's really up to the leaders to actually have effective immediate change and that we have to apply those changes to our lives to actually um uh, how do you say avoid there's this word in dutch but i cannot seem to get it in english but it's like avoid uh, actually living through these changes we'll be we'll all be old but still like if we are planning to have kids we are putting our kids through that yeah, yeah, literally. That's a really good point. So basically, this is a might. Um, what's coming next is a fact. Um, food production is already 20% lower than it would be without climate change. So food production has already declined to 20%. Now, like today. Wow, <laughs> again. So, yo, whoa. Whoa, just whoa okay can you continue because like i have no idea what to say like i'm just, <laughs> just, just okay i'll just keep talking around here um yes yes the dryland population will hit 175 million people by 2050 at 1.5 keep in mind 1.5 is what we're heading towards um no matter what we do so it means that 175 million people will surely be in a dryland population meaning deserts where you cannot grow food that's a fact. Um, in the current path, so that's an if we don't change, we will lose up to 80% of global GDP annually. 
literally like 80% of the global annually if we do not change right now that's like a good fact if for like people that don't really care about climate but they do about money there's it money like climate change will make you lose lots of money that's it let's go um okay we're entering the ugly which is worst i don't want to hear it <laughs> but i think i should like yeah i mean i've already read it you know so if yeah, like, hearing it is worth i know Okay, the ugly. Um, the ugly is what I categorized as things that are really like are already irreversible. So like everything that we have done to the earth and we cannot undone and that will affect us. Are you ready? Okay. No. Me neither. Okay. Even with carbon suction technology and zero net emissions by 2050, we will reach 1.5 warming before 2040. And that's 10 years earlier than expected. So you're telling me that we are going to have a 38 Celsius degrees fever before 2050? Wait, my friend is calling me and I have to hang up. Okay, sorry. Um, yes, I'm saying that. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> and not only... The thing is... In the previous reports, it said that we were able to avoid this and that we would be able to, if we lowered our emissions by half before 2030, we would be able to go under 1.5 degrees. But um, this report says that we are not, that even if we get to zero emissions by 2050, and even if we have carbon suction technology, which is not existent today and it's science fiction right now, we would still hit 1.5, which means that now the hope is that we can stabilize the climate to 1.5 and we will not get the fever reach higher. Do you understand? So no no ibuprofen, right? Yeah, we need ibuprofen to not like go farther. Like you need oh, to okay. stabilize the fever. The ibuprofen so we can stabilize it, but it yeah. is going to happen. It is yeah, going to so happen. It is going to happen. We can't. The, 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 it basically says that we can't do anything about it. All, um, all the scenarios that they painted did not go under 1.5. Wow. They all went above. Okay. They all What's started the other at 1.5. Literally. What, what, are you, we, what are we also doing to our Earth? Let me explain this because I feel like there's a confusion on this. Uh, the IPCC, what it does, it, it, it paints um, five scenarios. And there is no, it's four of them. There is um, two of them that are low and very low emissions. And both of them um, rely on carbon suction technology that we do not have. I need to be very clear about this. We do not have that. And right now, it's science fiction. Like, we do not have the ability to suck tons and tons and tons of carbon out of the atmosphere. We don't have the technology, and I am very sure we will not by the time that we need it. We have like 20 years. We do not have the technology to do that right now. Two, like, better scenarios rely on that. And the fact that we got emissions by 2050 to zero. And they both go and they both go beyond 1.5. The best one goes under 1.5 in 100 years. 
Then there's the Corinta but, that takes yeah. us to four degrees, and like the Mie that takes us to three. So dumb question, really, really, really dumb question. Um, can we reverse climate change? That's a really good question, actually. Um, no, no, it's dumb because it's like everything is burning. How are we going to reverse that? <laughs> it is a really good question. Um, we thought we couldn't. I like last um, report said we couldn't. That if we reached one point five, it would be like a domino effect, and we would not be able to. But their latest says that there is a chance that we might, but with carbon suction technology. So I'm not sure how to answer that question because like, yeah, we can, but like with science fiction technology, so I'm not sure. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, do you understand like there is a chance? But yes, like, yes, yes, yeah, no, I get it, yes. It's just like, so this is, all this is so fictional, right? Yeah, like I feel like there's a better chance of all go, like of all of us living in Mars than like having this technology, honestly. Oh, by the way, I love, how Jeff Be- Bezos is going to Mars. He's like, <laughs> here? Oh my god. Oh. Okay, next. Um, the ocean around the world has risen already 20 centimeters since 19th, the 19th. And the rate has almost tripled, which means ocean rise levels has already reached 20 centimeters. And the worst part about this and that it is um, expected to reach at least 1.5 meters by the end of the century. That is the minimum that they predict. So, um, just to put it into perspective, um, how it would be... I'm sorry, people who don't live in Spain and don't know what I'm talking about. Um, um, how would it, it would be in Barcelona, for example? Because I can't, like, I can't, like, see it, you know? Like, yeah, what it's really would hard that 1.5 be? I can not, like, answer that particularly, but I can tell you that 1.5 meter um, level ocean rise leaves almost 100 million people as a refugee. Wow. Because like more than 60% of the population lives in the coast. So like that is the minimum, which means we need to get ready for that. And sea levels are expected to continue to warm, like sea, the sea, the ocean, it's expected to continue to warm even if we cut emissions and even if we stop, like, even if we stop raising temperatures, the ocean is predicted to still get warmer. So that means that sea levels will rise and the acidity of the ocean will too, which might leave us without oxygen, but that's another problem. <laughs> no comments, um, thank you. <laughs> I love how we're all speechless about this because this is actually like very scary to know that we are now living in this moment and that we are still quite young. I mean, we're still building a life and it's worrying that we don't know to what extent we can still build that life on what's currently happening, you know? Yeah, that's something that makes me really mad because they're not giving this information to the young people. Like, this is your life. You should plan your future, keeping this in mind. And we're not. Like, they just act like nothing is going to happen. And it is, and they should plan their lives, keeping this in mind, because all I'm commenting right now, it's things that like, are supposed to happen, even if we like take all the measures needed. Like These are things that are going to happen, yes, like 100%. So we need to like mitigate for it, and we need to get prepared for it, and like understand how will this affect our lives. And we're not, and that's very scary. Mm-hmm. 
I think um, I think one thing we can say is for everyone like worrying, maybe start doing like small things and just start with yourself and don't don't have that mindset of it doesn't matter if I'm gonna do it because the others aren't. Well, you at your own, you can start making a difference. You can influence your friends doing that too. And by small things, I mean for example, you know when you're brushing your teeth and you keep the faucet open, like if you're not using the water shut it off and my dad has always learned me uh like taught me this when i was like you know washing something and he'd see that i'd have the faucet like all the way up he'd be like he'd be literally like um he'd just turn it off he'd be like why are you wasting water you know so it's things that i was taught from um a young age that i now um teach it to my cousins or teach it to my um uh, you know even like older people in my family that waste water you know it's such small things that we can start doing. Will it have a, such like a very big effect? Probably not, but it's something better than nothing. Yeah, of course it is, and it always will be. Um, doing something will always better than be like do nothing. There is something here that I've already commented, which is that like extreme events will occur uh, in the future with unprecedented magnitudes, and um, what we thought were um, extreme weather events will now be more usual and will be worst and like more frequent so there's that and here it's like for me um which is the worst one um is that tipping points and abrupt responses of the climate cannot be ruled by out in any scenario that hunts me in my dreams tipping point is everything that would like there are multiple tipping points and it's really like long to explain but you can search it out um it's like minimal climate points that if they fail or that something happens to them they have a domino effect on the climate and they would just make the earth be warmer and warmer i explained this um with the arctic um the arctic is a really really large white surface and it reflects um the sunlight which makes the earth less warm if we lose the arctic all that sunlight will not reflect and the earth will become warmer. Is that understandable? Yes. There's like yes, eight of those. Is. There's like eight of yes, those. They're like all over the planet. And what he's saying here is that like tipping points and abrupt responses of the climate that I don't even want to know what that means cannot be ruled out in any scenario. So even if we do everything right, even if we like magically invent carbon suction technology, there is a chance that these events might still happen. And if they do, they're domino effect and they will get us to four degrees. Wow. Um, so that, good night, guys. I hope you had a good night. I'm going to leave you now. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. Um, so, guys, we do have to start wrapping up the episode. Um, it's been, well, a roller coaster. <laughs> Um, um, I don't know, like, I have no idea what to say, literally, I just, like, I'm so, I don't know, I'm so, I don't know. You need time to internalize it, it's okay. <laughs> yes, I, I need to breathe, I need a yoga session or something, I just need to, to call myself. We were planning with an activist to do a yoga session for everyone, like, in a Zoom call. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> yes, we have. Um, but, yeah, um... I know, guys, that we didn't, like, offer you our response to what we have to do or anything, but it's really just, like, too complicated. So, it just, like, 
to just lower the emissions it's not that hard like literally it's yeah <laughs> it's 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 just too much too much but anyway thank you so much for listening um we will do maybe a follow-up i don't know like i'll figure out what we can do because we can't just like talk about this topic once and that's it but yeah go ahead maria <laughs> maybe it, like it's good if i like say the like last comment so it's not like such a dark note to end yes. with um yes but i have to remind you um that we do only have like two minutes and 20 seconds okay okay i'll be really quick um my last comments would be that you get to cry and you get to be angry and you get to not be okay about this like it is not okay and like you would be fucking psychopath and if you would be okay with it but we do not get to give up. We do not. And we need to still fight for this because it's our future. And if we don't fight for this, we will regret it for the rest of, like, for the rest of our lives. This is it. Uh, we need to further study what this report means for climate justice and marginalized communities. And our, activist, our activism, whatever it is, must include them. And COP26, which is in November, is our last chance to minimize the damage of it. And we need to ensure as a generation and as population that it is a success. That said, if you want to um, get involved in it, if you want to do something about it, you can get in touch with me and I will. we will go together with the options and where you can get involved. And yeah, that's it. Thank you so much, Maria. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, don't forget to... Um, follow our socials as always I'm going to link them in the description box and I'm also going to mention Maria's podcast you should definitely go and check it out and yeah just thank you for listening and I hope you're not crying by now if you are just cry and we'll talk about it later <laughs> but thank okay you so so much and see you next time bye bye <laughs>